everyone, and welcome back to Go Team Video, the podcast where the AMP and video team watches a movie and then talks about it along with everything else that's going on. I'm Michael Sadler, and I'm joined by Abigail Johnson and Daly Singleton. I think I, I, I say either Abby or <laughs> Abigail. It's okay. I think I switch it up every single podcast. I respond to both. I, I honestly think about that every time I hear it when I listen back to the episodes. I'm it's like, funny. I never hear Ab- like Abby referred to as Abigail. Well, I've n- I've not even noticed. <laughs> That's good, I guess. Does I, anyone uh, call you Abigail in your life? Yeah, yeah, and like not even like when it's a serious talker. If I'm in trouble, it's just like <laughs> I feel like tomato tomato <laughs> apparently i do but only on podcasts does anyone call you mike no they know better okay everyone in my life knows that i am not a mike i'm nice. just not uh people used to call me dale a lot <laughs> that's my middle name <laughs> and i'm you- sorry for you. whoa i forgot uh, about that yeah. because if my, the way my name's spelled if you take the y off of it it's just dale Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's as an, if it's mm. not short enough already. Right. People don't need to abbreviate your name. <laughs> I know it's two syllables. And then my some of my family members called me Day when I was a kid. That's kind of cool. cool. Yeah. That is kind of like cool. that. Yeah. Day, Day, hey Day, hey Day, or D. People call me D. Mm. Yeah. That's a little yeah. Yeah. I hate D call, money. I hate whatever. calling people D sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so welcome to the podcast. Uh, today's episode is episode nine. Nine, The Matrix. That's right. Nineteen ninety nine. Nine 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 nine. Um, um. So yeah, to kick off our episode today, Michael, you've kind of want to take us on a journey through the year of nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, I think this is a very interesting year for a film. Um, a lot of like classics came out that year um and yeah i'm just going to take you through a few of them that i think are worth noting and we can just kind of mull over these okay. uh so just stop me if uh, when you hear something you like okay all right <laughs> we've got magnolia 10 things i hate about you i think magnolia is definitely that and there will be blood are probably my two favorite paul thomas anderson films yeah. I love how contemporary Magnolia is. Very Even strange so movie in a Nights. great way. I've not seen that. It's have you seen Boogie Nights? Yes. Okay, so it's like Boogie Nights, but it's like easier to watch. Okay. <laughs> Boogie Nights is really upsetting. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a really upsetting story. Yeah, the subject matter is uh dealing with a lot of yeah. like you know people with uh problems. Which sure. Magnolia is too. It's it's a very yeah. interesting movie, but it definitely like opens up the. Uh, it has so many characters. Yeah, it 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 came out around the same time as, I guess it after Pulp Fiction, but it kind of reminds me of Pulp Fiction in the way it kind of jumps between these these sets of characters. You know, it's a very non traditional yeah. style. Um. 10 Things I Hate About You, which is uh, a Shakespearean adaptation. Is a, a, an adaptation of a Shakespeare play, ten, uh, Taming of the Shrew. Okay. And um, some of all these mm. high school movies being adaptations of classics. Yeah, like last week's Clueless was yeah. an adaptation of Emma. Uh, yeah, this movie was... Uh, I mean, most <clears throat> most stories, I feel like 
like fictional stories, even like movies, are based off of books or literature or mm-hmm. other stories. Like, I would say very, very few things are like original written pieces. Like, true, right. especially when it comes to like Hollywood stuff, like big, big deal movies. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Movie speaking of movies. Uh, an adaptation the next one on my list is fight club very mm, very yeah uh, influential movie from 1999 yeah uh then we have american beauty never saw that one uh, uh it's very well made yeah it's yeah. pretty wild who's the director sam mendez okay uh eyes wide shut the last kubrick film yeah mm-hmm. that one's once again i'm always a sucker for contemporary works of like the big directors um especially ones that don't always do contemporary stuff so i do like um kubrick's portrayal of new york Mm -hmm. and like how uh dreamlike it is because it's all like faked you know what i mean like none of it's actually shot in new york and they kind of he leans into it i don't i don't love the subject matter but i do love the vibes of that movie it's another big uh tom cruise role from the same year yeah uh, Virgin Suicides. Oh, Sofia such Coppola. a good movie, dude. Um, the Sixth Sense. Really big movie. Mm-hmm. I never saw that one. That one had everybody talking. Yeah. Yep. Uh, American Pie. Wow. Um, big Daddy. I feel like American Pie was such a big deal. Oh, yeah. You know? And so many of these movies are like, you know, went, like people quoted these things for years. I see dead oh, people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, you pie yeah. fucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Big Daddy was a big, uh, yeah, uh, big Adam Daddy's Sandler a, movie. That's a sweet movie, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time. I, don't know I haven't seen it in a long but... time. It's probably a little fucked up, but yeah. uh, who knows? I remember it being sweet. Was he doesn't he just kind of like take in the kid, or is it actually his kid? No, it's not his kid. Right? I, I can't remember because like the whole thing in the end is like the dad, the real dad, is like takes the kid back, but the doesn't like the kid or is mean to the kid or something. We'll just have to rewatch that, it. Maybe. All right. We'll it's do, like a we'll semi month of Sandler movies. It's like a semi serious uh like it's not as goofy as the other Adam Sandler films. Right. Um I always confused that one with Mr. Deeds. Mm, that one's real wacky. Yeah. <laughs> Super wacky. Uh being John Malkovich, another real brain bending movie. movie. Yeah. I love that one. Uh The Mummy. I love the mummy. The first yeah. mummy is, is I've seen a it so many times. Movie. Yeah, Brendan yeah. Fraser. Have yeah. you seen the like the Renaissance of Brent, Brendan? Yeah, he's Fraser come back recently. Uh, I've watched Doom Patrol with him. He's really good in that role, and he was in this Soderbergh movie called uh, No Sudden Move. He's really good. Wow. He's going to be in a upcoming Aronofsky movie called The Whale. Oh, where nice. He's like, like a six hundred pound, like recluse oh my goodness wow uh okay a few more on the list here office space that was a real big one love that one yeah that's a fun one i think that's my favorite mike judge movie Mm-hmm. a lot of quotes from that one yeah you like silicon valley y'all like silicon valley Speaking yeah mike judge yeah that was that was um a nice light yeah show i feel like that's like the closest he's gotten to doing the office space type of yeah, even mm-hmm. though it's in a different era, it, it feels very reminiscent of for of sure. Office space. I've not seen Silicon Valley, but I've heard good things. I think the first couple seasons are definitely worth watching. Mm-hmm. They're really funny. 
Yeah, it kind of goes off the rails a little bit. Yeah, they jump the shark and they redo the same plot like six times, but yeah. But the characters are worth watching. Yeah, definitely. Like uh, uh what it's uh Kumal, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's great. fucking amazing in that in that show. That's Very basically funny. why I kept watching that show. Him and um Martin Starr. Mhm. They basically kept me going in that in that show. Uh also from 1999, Iron Giant. Oh, classic yeah. wonderful animated movie i would probably put that on my top films top we, favorite films of all time we talked about doing a podcast of the Iron yeah Giant. that was like one of the first movies we talked about mm-hmm. yeah we will we will do it i am not a gun <laughs> uh, brad bird right yeah 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 uh the classic uh blair witch project Love that movie. Big influence on me. Mm-hmm. Big, Big influence, influence on horror in general. Totally. So much modern horror. It made me stem re- from that. It's like one of the first movies that made me realize, like, oh, I can make a movie. Like, you can anyone can make a movie. Definitely. Like, in movies can be so many different things. They don't have to be just this like one, like, vision of Hollywood. Like, it can be so many different, you know, incarnations of film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that same year, election. What's that? Oh, oh I a, watched that like a month ago. It's, it's kind of wild. Yeah, it's a crazy movie. What's the title that. again? It's Alexander Payne, I think. Election. Oh, it okay. has uh, Matthew Broderick and Reese Witherspoon. I think I have seen that. What's the plot? Um, so it's like this contentious relationship between a student and a teacher where uh, she's running for some kind of class office. No, I haven't and seen it. I haven't seen it. He, they sort of uh, hate each other and... I don't know. It's just like a weird. I think I'm confusing it with that um, Michael Keaton movie where he like runs for office of like a small town or mayor of a small town or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that movie. Uh, the last two on the list are Star Wars Episode One. Whoa. 1999. Yeah. This, these all came out in yeah, the same year. Yeah. Wow. Man, people have been just, what a big just year. lived at the theater. Yeah. Big year. big year. Yeah, I I saw so many of these in in the in the theater. I definitely saw. That movie in the theater. Yeah. I was a wee baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and South Park. I was was pretty young too. South Park movie. That was the last one. Oh I yeah, I saw that. Um, I didn't see it in theaters, but I saw it when they they did like the unedited. Yeah, I talked about it on another episode. Of yeah, Dave. yeah, yeah. It was like all the curse words and yeah. stuff. I talked about it in the animation section of the House Movie Castle episode. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. That was a big, big year for movies, uh, and of course, The Matrix uh, also came oh. out in 1999. So it's a segue. Yeah, so let's get into uh, some facts about the Matrix. What do you think? I would love to do that. Um, there's okay, so there's a lot to talk about with this movie, as I'm sure y'all all understand. Oh yeah. Um, the Matrix is a 1999 science fiction action film written and directed by the Wachowski Wachowskis. Um, it is the first installment in the Matrix film series. It stars Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss, Hugo Weaving, and Joe Pantoliano. Mm-hmm. Joey um, Pants. Joey Pants. <laughs> it depicts a dystopian future in which humanity is unknowingly trapped inside a simulated reality, the Matrix, which intelligent machines have created to distract humans while their bodies are used as an energy source. Um all right, so The Matrix was distributed by Warner Brothers uh, domestically, and the budget of this film was $63 million. Uh, the domestic opening for this film was $27 million, $27.7 million to be specific. 
Um, but domestically, it has grossed uh, 171.5 million dollars at this point. So definitely made its money back. I didn't know that it the opening it was like it severely un, was under the budget. Yeah, that's not always an indication. Oh, um, totally. But yeah, that, that's not like a phenomenal opening. Uh, they shot that movie in Sydney, Australia, because otherwise, if they had shot it in the U.S., it would have had a budget of $180 million. Uh, so they saved themselves some some cash going over yeah, across it, the pond. It uh, it kind of put that area of the world on the map for filmmaking, too. Hmm. Uh, it kind of This was like one of the first movies that did this in Australia, like big American movie that went to Australia to film, and then it kind of spawned a lot of other movies going there and doing that and i know the film industry in australia is really big yeah um, and they just have a, a lot of space and for sure um it was at least on march 31st to be more specific uh it has a mpaa rating of r and a runtime of two hours and 16 minutes um it's considered a cyberpunk film which makes sense didn't think too hard about that but yeah it's like kind of it's based on a lot of different things but mm-hmm. it definitely takes from uh this william gibson short story called necromancer or the book um and uh which he's he's a like famed cyberpunk author a lot of uh a lot of influence all from all across the board um big influence for the Wachowskis was also Japanese uh, animation and martial arts films. Uh, it used a lot of wire foo and fight choreography techniques from Hong Kong action cinema um, and brought a lot of that to like Hollywood action film productions and kind of made it really popular um, for a long time afterwards and uh, popularized the visual effect known as bullet time. Um, there's a really fun little clip on Wikipedia you can watch of them shooting the um, bullet time sequence of Neo, you know, bending on back on the rooftop. And th- yeah, yeah, and they basically have this like, like, w- like circle that like goes up in almost like a wave, like goes up and comes back down, and it circles around the actor in the middle, and it has just a bunch of like it looked like cannons, just like a bunch of yeah, like, it's done with still photography. Yeah, yeah, it's done with still photography, and they just basically rapid fire take photos three like in a 360 degree angle and they also have like a regular camera there filming too mm-hmm. uh like a on and they they shot this on film i'm pretty sure yeah um uh yeah it's essentially like a uh advanced stop motion effect mm-hmm. um but it was it was so you could see the camera move in normal speed and the actor move in slow motion yeah they tried a lot they, they built some different rigs for that and then ended up uh using that technique which I read they didn't originate it, but right, they just it. popularized yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, and it was mostly shot in a studio. Like it was like it was all you know built sets, built sets. Yeah. You know, for the most part, they had to go film certain things to make it really seem like it was in America or mm-hmm. the Matrix. Like was where they were showing Neo in the Matrix. It was in America. I read that in the opening with Trinity, uh, the cityscape. On one side of the cops, you can see the Nashville skyline. Really? And on the other side, you can see the San Francisco skyline. So it's like we're <laughs> really matching some shit together. That's wild. Kind of reminds me of like video games that take place all across the like of North America. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, it takes two minutes to get from like 
you know, Chicago to New York City, yeah. you know. So uh, in 1994, the Wachowskis presented uh, the script for the film Assassins uh, to Warner Brothers Picture Pictures, and the president of production uh, for the company read the script, decided to buy the rights, uh, and it included two more pictures, Bound and The Matrix. Uh, and Bound was the first movie they ended up directing, and then that had... Uh, critical success which led into them being able to do the matrix and that starred uh joe joey pants as well yeah Mm. it's the one returning cast member yeah um yeah they basically wanted to see how they would direct so that was their uh audition essentially for the matrix smaller budget movie Mm -hmm. more contained not not sci-fi Right, it's just a contemporary like yeah. story. Uh, now, to probably the biggest fact that ties into our podcast, uh, the role of Neo was originally offered to Will Smith in <laughs> 1996, and Smith explained on a YouTube channel that the idea was for him to be Neo, while Morpheus would be played by Val Kilmer. He later explained that he did not quite understand the concept and he turned down the role to instead uh, star in Wild Wild West. Um, <laughs> Which he regretted the shit out of. And I think this is, I think the, this makes sense because one of the things that the Wachowskis required uh, the actors to do was basically read a shitload of books mm-hmm. before they were even allowed to read the script and like have an understanding of like the philosophy behind the movie. Um, before before getting into it carrie ann moss even was like kind of like struggled with it and didn't really completely get it um some of the times um yeah i i know that a few uh of the people that were offered these roles um turned it down also because they were required to move to australia for the duration of the shoot um and for training makes sense yeah it was like a four-month training period yeah uh for combat but yeah um is this a good time to break down the different people who would have played the different roles uh let me just i have a couple i have some of the works that they were required to read oh okay uh and those include uh the simulacra and the simulation uh kevin kelly's out of control the new biology of machines social systems and the economic world and dylan evans's ideas on evolutionary psychology before they even opened up the script yeah, that's, a, that's a heavy reading list uh, yeah. before you can even yeah. <laughs> know what you're signing up for. But yeah, let's get into some of those uh, possible casting decisions. Uh, so first of all, for Neo, we know that uh, Will Smith was offered the role and turned it down. Um, and at some point, Sandra Bullock uh, was considered for the role of Neo. Um, just being like a, a popular household name. Uh, Brad Pitt who turned it down to do Fight Club uh, Leonardo DiCaprio um, wow. Johnny Depp <laughs> uh, Val Kilmer and for the role of uh, Neo and Morpheus <laughs> and uh, Nicolas Cage wow damn and- I, I honestly think out of all of those I would have I think Will Smith would have done probably just as good of a job as, as Keanu Reeves if he could have learned the, the choreography. I think it would have yeah. made it a very different movie. I feel like he, he could have done the physical aspects of it yeah. for sure. But I feel like tone wise, it would have read very different. I guess just seeing 
Will Smith's performance in like I Am Legend. Like I was just thinking about that movie and I was like, oh, he could probably do Neo. Because that's like a kind of a similar character, like very stoic, doesn't talk a lot in that movie. And yeah. it's more about like emoting, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I don't know. I think he could do it. Um, A little connective tissue uh, for Trinity. Jada Pinkett Smith auditioned for that part uh, and didn't get it, but obviously comes back uh, in the sequels. Right. Um, so for Trinity, uh, I think the Wachowskis' first choice was Janet Jackson, which is that would have been so incredible. wild. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then again, Sandra Bullock was considered for both Neo and Trinity. Um, for Morpheus, they approached Russell Crowe, who turned it down to do the Gladiator movie. I'm so glad Russell Crowe is not in this movie. Which I guess that's another 1999 movie that I didn't mention. I also don't like. I just think Lawrence Fishburne steals this movie as Morpheus. Oh, he's amazing! And mm-hmm. I just don't wouldn't want anyone else to be Morpheus. Probably the the most uh, standout acting role in the movie. I think I think they lean into that too. I feel like they he has the most lines in the movie, mm-hmm. especially in the first half at least. Um is very like Morpheus is talking a lot, you know. Yeah. And gives a lot of the exposition to the viewer, which I think Lawrence Fishburne just nails. Yeah. Is basically I, I would say that he and uh and Agent Smith, Hugo Weaving, carry the yeah. carry the film acting wise. Uh, apparently Sam Jackson was considered uh, along with Gary Oldman so interesting choices I don't I don't I can't see anybody else but Lawrence yeah. Fishburne yeah uh, and for Smith they approached John Renault uh, hmm. and that could have been cool yeah I think, I think that th- could have been neat he turned it down to do Godzilla 2000 <laughs> man a lot of bad decisions around <laughs> this time period <laughs> yeah you could see John Renault in the role but it's just like one of those things that you i don't know i mean can can anyone else do the agent smith role like you go weaving it's so iconic his delivery of it it was like perfect i think for that character i do have some more facts oh hit us um this movie was nominated for some academy awards uh it was nominated for four categories and it won all four um, and those categories are best film editing, best sound, best sound effects editing, and best visual effects, which I get. I, I know. I just I love that so. it beats Star Wars. I know. It's so. I think it's because <laughs> this movie did it subtly. I think they were they understood that they couldn't push it too far. The tech wasn't there to push it too far, and they. It, it, I was surprised to see how big the budget was. Honestly. Yeah. Like. I, I get like I don't know maybe some of those big I bet you those those bigger set pieces is where all the money co- goes though for this film yeah I wonder what uh, the cost of you know CGI was at the time yeah like just the intro sequence and like the and then like the end sequence like those two must have cost so much money mm-hmm. um, and then um, uh, another fact about the film um, is that last year uh, in an interview, I think it was in a Netflix like show. Um, uh, Lana, Wakow- or I think it's Lana. I can't remember which one backed out of the movie. Hang on. The fourth film. Yeah. Isn't it Lily that's doing the? Lily's doing the new one. Yeah, I think it's Lana that that isn't. 
Uh, no, it, uh, Lily backed out. Ah. Mm. Okay. Um, so one last fact about the Matrix here is just um, how the the movie last year was kind of confirmed to be a allegory for um, kind of going through being a trans person, and that was confirmed by uh, Lily in a um, interview in um 2016 or uh 2016 is like kind of when they started first bringing it up and then in in 2020 she kind of confirmed it yeah why don't we get into some first impressions of the film what do you think daily yeah i'd love to um go first sure uh i haven't seen this movie in a very long time and very similar to blade when I saw it as a kid, I just focused on the action sequences mm-hmm. and the aesthetics and stuff, and even would like skip large portions of the movie when I would like watch it on DVD. Um, but watching it now, you know, it's probably been ten years since I watched it last. I like it really held my attention, and like was able to like digest the story this time watching it, and not just the action. Um, just being an adult and having the attention span to take in the story of the movie. Um, because they do throw a lot at you in the beginning. You know what I mean? It's like a lot of world building and exposition. And I, I just ate that shit up this time watching it. I was, I was so into them building the world in the first, is it like the first half of the movie is basically them setting everything up for the first 40 minutes at least. Mm -hmm. Um, and I loved all that stuff. I thought that was so well done. Um, I have very few problems with the movie. And I think they come from uh, probably Warner Brothers and it being a big Hollywood film. Like them not being able to put in some of the more um, like boundary pushing ideas that they had of like the character. Um, what's that character's name? We'd Switch. Switch. Yeah. Um, about them uh, being a male in the Matrix. And then a female in real life. Yeah. And that idea was kind of thrown out. Uh, and the Wachowskis have kind of talked about it being like the, the corporate level wasn't ready for some of the ideas they had. Um, and I kind of don't like how the movie feels like a white savior plot in some ways with Keanu Reeves and like how, uh, especially with the certain casting decisions of the black like the black actors in this film and like the way they speak about certain things and like that scene of Lawrence Fishburne literally like breaking his chains like in the chair there's like a very like Mm -hmm. explicit shot of Lawrence Fishburne's hands like chained together and him breaking them and then being saved by Neo you know so it's like some of that stuff felt a little icky and it doesn't really feel like that till much later in the movie um and then also the the love interest between trinity and neo i feel is extremely unearned you know there's i don't think there's there's maybe a few passing moments in the film where you can feel some sort of relationship building between the two but they spend essentially no time together building a bond and then trinity just says i love you you know it's like yeah. kind of doesn't kind of feel use the oracle for a crutch in that yeah. scenario yeah, I don't feel like that's earned. But other than that, I feel like a lot of the movie is really smart about setting up things and paying them off later in the movie. Um, cool. But yeah, overall, pretty positive on it. Abby? 
Um, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie as well. I probably saw it like eight years ago or so. And I feel like I also like didn't fully understand what was going on because I was like, you know, just like younger and was like probably just paying attention to the action scenes and wasn't like fully absorbing the material. But watching it now, I like remember all the like big scenes that I remembered when I was younger and it's a pretty wild movie. It's like, I feel like there were times it made me laugh probably unintentionally. Right. Totally. But I think like, I think it's done really well. Technically. Like I think it looks really good. It sounds really good. Um, it has an interesting story. It has me thinking about the movie you know, long after I've watched it, just like thinking about the ideas behind the matrix. But I thought it was a pretty good movie generally. And I really like thinking about this time period that it was in and the phones that they're using and the clothes that they're wearing. And especially when they like kind of twist it and it gets very like cyberpunky. Mm. Cool. What do you think, Michael? I fucking love this movie. Uh, I saw it when I was 16 in the theater and it blew my mind. It was just like everything I wanted out of a film. Like I left there feeling like understood as, you know, like a like a questioning spirit of the world. Like none of this is real. I just felt like uh, it was kind of perfect for that age of mm-hmm. like really... Uh, disliking authority and like feeling like there's more out there for yourself. It was really cool in that way. Um, I, I remember going to see it with uh, my sister and brother-in-law and he and I were really stoked on it afterwards. And she was like, I don't get it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I just thought, I always thought that was really funny. She just like sat through this movie, probably had no fucking idea what was going on. <laughs> just like, <laughs> hated it the whole time (laughs) so it's like it does demand a little uh trust as a viewer for the first time you're Mm -hmm. like especially the turn when you see him in the goo and everything it's like what the fuck yeah (laughs) just happened (laughs) i think that uh not to not to go on too big of a tangent but i think the i think if you play video games Mm -hmm. it's like not that big of a thing to wrap your head around I think like if you're like familiar with virtual worlds and like playing in them, yeah. I think it the Matrix is a lot more digestible. For sure. I think even in just like if if you have interests and in, like, you know, philosophy in general, I feel like these are a lot of ideas that are talked about and are considered, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Constructs and whatnot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah uh all that to say uh, I've seen it a bunch of times uh, and uh, it, the thing that's interesting about your guys's experience uh, with having given it a lot of time to breathe and then seeing it again I kind of am jealous of that only because I've like I've probably watched it every year since I was 16 <laughs> um, and uh, it's it's never fresh or it's never it's never going to hit me that way again right Mm-hmm. Unless I just take 20 years off right. from it. But uh, <laughs> so there's something about it that's like going home for me. Uh, and that was just like one of the very first movies that really struck me uh, on like 
what it's able to achieve as a film uh, being a piece of entertainment and yeah. a piece of like philosophy to some extent i wrote a paper about it my freshman year of college hell yeah <laughs> i was so into the matrix um, That's awesome. i think it's really really well done the action the acting um the cinematography um i love the score and the soundtrack um yeah, I'm super into this movie. Dragula. Dragula. <laughs> I mean, it's super. Yeah. It's, a no, it's super it's, it's, fucking it's of the dated times. It's movie. Of, no, yeah, it's of the time. It, like yeah. all of the costuming, all the music, all that stuff is like it's very, very much from 1999. Yeah, and yeah. It, it, we'll never forget that. But makes me love this movie in a special way for that reason. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, uh, we'll see how it. I'm still re- like reconciling the number in my brain so we'll see how that goes when we get time for the to give it the vhs tapes yeah yeah but yeah so it seems like we all like the movie um let's get into it let's start breaking that plot down plot so we open with these like digital symbols scrolling and the camera comes out and we see like a program running, I guess. And there's like a phone call voiceover thing that's happening. And then we go through the screen and we go through this kind of like hall of digital symbols warping. And and then there's cops running through a dark building with flashlights looking for uh, this woman. They bust through a door and find a woman who we learn is Trinity. And she puts her hands up like she's surrendering. We see the back of her. And then some detective agent type people arrive outside of this building. They're talking to the cops. I think the agents are like mad that the cops weren't like more prepared to detain this woman. And the cops are like, oh, it's fine. It's just this one little girl. And then she. Agents like. Your men are already dead. Yeah. And she, like, you know, did this, like, matrixy thing that kind of happens throughout the movie where she kind of, like, freezes time and is able to, like, jump up in the air and, like, run on the walls. And she starts fighting the cops and, like, knocks them all out. And she takes a phone call from Morpheus, who's on the other end. Yeah, that's who she was talking to in the in the very, very, very beginning of the film. Before you see anything, you you hear like the voiceover between Trinity and Morpheus talking yeah. about like basically talking about Neo. I mean, like, are you sure he's he's the one? And they're also like, I think this I think this this phone call's tapped. They're always right. talking about yeah. about be, the the phone call being tapped. That was when all the like digital right jargon yeah, yeah, was yeah. just like which kinda... it's really quiet. Like, I almost missed it, and I had to, like, stop and, like, rewind it and turn up the volume. It's very subtle. Yeah. She takes a a phone call from him after knocking out all the cops, and he, like, suddenly gives her a cue, and she, like, makes a run for it and runs through the building with the agents following behind her, and they're on the rooftop, and they're leaping across buildings onto other rooftops, and the agents are following, but the cops are, like, wait, that's impossible, and they stop. So the agents are shooting towards Trinity, and they miss, and she jumps this like extra huge building gap over this busy highway, and 
the guy jumps over the gap too and follows her and is that when she dives through the window he's like shooting at her and she runs and jumps off the building and through a window and rolls down some stairs i love the way that that whole that section is shot Mm -hmm. like the angle of trinity rolling down the stairs and then how trinity flips around with the guns and like Mm -hmm. points back up the stairs it's oh it's like so cool so so well done and then morpheus tells her to get up and run and this is like where they start establishing this motif of like somewhat of of like a guide you know like Mm -hmm. morpheus is like seemingly knows everything at this point like we don't know why but like Morpheus is just telling every move to Trinity to do like knows mm-hmm. the whole layout of the building at the at the right time yeah. too and she gets outside and there's this like city waste truck that comes whipping around the corner and then there's a phone booth kind of in between the truck and Trinity and it's ringing and you know, they both kind of make eye contact with the phone and each other. And then Trinity makes a run for the phone while the garbage truck kind of charges at the phone booth. Does is a does an agent jump into the, the garbage truck? I feel yeah. like it's uh, one of those situations where the agent or takes morphs over. into yeah. like the person that's driving it. Yeah. OK. Yeah. We see that a lot. We don't really see that like directly in this, but somehow an agent has gotten behind the wheel. Right of this waste truck and crashes through the phone booth. And then we see some more agents. They're these like guys with suits and earpieces and sunglasses. They're talking to each other. They're basically like FBI agents, like a play on that, the way they look Mm -hmm. in suits and sunglasses and shit. Yeah. Like detective kind of people. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we get this like computery transition into Neo's room where he's kind of fallen asleep on his computer desk and he's got a bunch of monitors and just stacks of things around him. And Nerd. Yeah. His computer starts giving him messages saying, follow the white rabbit and like tells a, tries telling not, a knock knock joke and starts to and then there's like an actual knock on his door and he gets up and there's like this guy and this like group of people are with him and he gives Neo $2,000 cash in exchange for this little floppy disk. What do you um, think Neo's selling? Or Thomas Anderson? What do you think Thomas Anderson's selling? I don't I think know. he's like I don't know, like they talk about when he gets kind of detained by the agents, they talk about how he's like hacking. Yeah. Are he's selling off information or bank accounts or Yeah. I assumed it was like like cracking programs, like automated hacking programs and shit that he's made. Mm-hmm. And you know, he tucks away the two thousand dollars in a book cutout and then he lets all the guys or he he opens the door and he's talking to to these people and they notice that something's kind of off with him and he starts to talk about his computer and how sometimes he doesn't realize if he's in reality or in a dream and then they start talking about drugs he's like oh it's the mescaline and um they end up talking neo into going out with them to this club 
Neo sees a white rabbit tattoo on one of them. And yeah. that's like what can you can tell that's what convinces him to leave. Yeah, because at first he's like, no. And then he like sees the tattoo and he's like, yeah, I'll go. Yeah. And at the club, there's like this heavy metal electronic white zombie music. Rob Zombie Dragula. <laughs> and there's dancing and flashing lights. And then this woman approaches Nia. It's Trinity from the beginning of the movie. She approaches Neo and warns him that they are watching him. Having and this like close up sexy whisper talk. Mm -hmm. No, they're like a centimeter from each other's face. Well, they are in a club with really loud music. Yeah, but if they, they, but they do. That's that's an intentional it never read to moment. Me as like, I, see, it didn't read that way to me. Really? It's like, oh, they're in a club. They have to talk close to each oh, other. No, it's loud. No, it's all sexy. Oh, see, I don't, I don't buy the relationship between Neo and, and Trinity. Mm -hmm. Believe what you will. <laughs> she says that she knows why he's there, and she says that he's been lured there, and. He seems to have some idea about like what she's talking about because he asks about the Matrix, and she says that you know it's looking for him and it will find him if he wants it to. And there's all these like vague kind of the choice is yours kind of things happening in this mm -hmm. movie, but then there's an alarm buzzing suddenly and Neo wakes up. The the, the mixing of that the audio mixing of that was really well done how it like it's like on beat with the music that's playing in the mm -hmm. background mm -hmm. and then it slowly just becomes like the only thing you hear and neo wakes up and you know gets ready to go to his his job which is like in a corporate office for like some software company and he's late and he's like in trouble he's like in his boss's office and his boss is like just giving him a speech about how he needs to be on time or he's basically gonna get canned and then Neo is in his cubicle at his desk and a FedEx FedEx guy drops off an envelope that he opens right away and he pulls out a phone and it immediately starts ringing. So he answers it and it's Morpheus. And All these cell phones, by the way, are like these Nokia, uh, what they call banana phones. And they like, yeah. like flips out. They're kind of like... Uh, banana shaped sort of yeah the way they slide open and the little there's like a little cover over the numbers that pops out mm -hmm. and morpheus is saying that they've run out of time and they're coming for him and basically neo's like what are you talking about and he like tells neo to look around and so neo, neo stands up and looks around and sees all these agents are in his work and Morpheus is like, you have to head to the elevator. And Neo gets down and is hiding in his cubicle. And he like runs over to another cubicle while all the agents are like checking Neo's cubicle. And then at this like very moment, Morpheus is like, you need to go now. And so he gets up and like runs and closes himself into like a bigger like office suite kind of space. And and he opens the window directed by Morpheus and he tells him to climb out the window over to some scaffolding. I think this is, we see like a, a, a little bit of foreshadowing when Neo's in his boss's office and there's like window washers outside on scaffolding. And this is where like Morpheus is trying to get him to go. So he's like really like 
nervous and like doesn't want to scale this building but he he starts out and he he goes around the corner basically and is seeing the scaffolding outside and he's like really really tall like high up on this like tall building in a city and the wind blows and he drops the phone and he's like I can't do this so he surrenders to the agents basically and they put Neo in an interrogation room and then the agent like puts a folder down and he's flipping through it and he's like we've had our eye on you for a while Mr. Anderson and they keep calling him Mr. Anderson and they you know go on to talk about how he kind of lives two lives he's Mr. Anderson or he's Neo and he you know he says Neo has been like breaking federal law by hacking and then he the agent goes into trying to negotiate with Neo a deal and he says that he knows Morpheus has been talking to Neo and he wants to know where Morpheus is because he's apparently the most dangerous man alive and he was like you know we'll we'll wipe the slate clean with all your all your you know like accusations transgressions yeah Yeah. we'll, we'll just wipe the slate clean if you you know, give me details about where Morpheus is and where we can find them. And Neo, he says, how about I give you the finger and you give me my phone call? <laughs> and, you know, the, the Doesn't agent... Doesn't call them, like, fascists? Gestapo or, or Gestapo, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. And the agent is like, you disappoint me. And he was like, what good is a phone call if you're unable to speak? And oh. suddenly... Neo's mouth kind of like dissolves into like a blur and he like can't open his mouth or speak at all and then the guys start like pinning Neo down on the table and open up his shirt and he the agent pulls like a battery out it looks like a battery and it kind of turns into this like robotic shrimpy weird thing that like climbs through Neo's belly button the shit got me Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I completely did not remember this at all. So like That's when wild. when like Neo jumps up and his mouth starts going in and like everything starts to like turn, you know, this is kind of like the first moment when it's like really shit gets sci-fi. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and it like it's getting weird. It's so well done how they do it though, because like I just being kind of able to be in that moment again of experiencing it kind of fresh. Mm-hmm. It's just like wow, this is such a just imagining seeing it for the first time as I was kind of was experiencing it for the first time again. I was just like, damn. They pulled this, this shit is, off. They pulled this shit off, dude. They built an animatronic Neo, like, uh, belly. Really? Yeah. Whoa. For wow. that shit. That's awesome. And then Neo wakes up from a nightmare and he's like, not clear if that was real or if that was a dream. And it's like storming outside right now. And his phone rings, and he answers, and it's Morpheus. And Morpheus says, I think this line is tapped. But he basically tells Neo that he's the one. And he says he spent his entire life looking for him and tells Neo to meet him at a bridge. And Neo is, like, waiting at this bridge. It's pouring down rain, and Trinity 
pulls up in a car and Neo gets in and there's another person in the car pointing a gun at him the whole time. And they're directing him to just like sit tight and listen and lift up his shirt. And he's, you know, feeling kind of weird about it. So they pull over and he's about to get out. And then, you know, they kind of talk him into staying in the car and they he he pulls his shirt up and they put this big device over his belly button that basically finds the bug and extracts it and then trinity like kind of dumps it out the window into the like rainy streets and then we see there's like a glow on this little like shrimpy robot like parasite that it just kind of like fades into it, it dies mm-hmm. He's like, holy shit, that was real. <laughs> and they go into like a dark old building and go up the stairs and they stop at a door and Trinity tells Neo that he needs to be honest because Morpheus knows m- more than he could imagine. And, you know, they go in and Morpheus is like, at last. And they greet and... Neo sits and Morpheus is like saying like you must feel like Alice falling down the rabbit hole and he asks if Neo believes in fate and Neo's like no and then they start talking about the matrix and Morpheus is like do you want to know what the matrix is and he's like the matrix is here it's all around you you can see it you can feel it and it's in the world that has been it is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. And the truth is that you are a slave to the world and to your mind. And Morpheus holds up both of his fists and basically offers Neo the blue pill or the red pill. And he says the blue pill will let him wake back up in his normal life and he'll go to work and it'll be another day. And the red pill will continue this rabbit hole towards the truth and neo takes the red pill and then follows morpheus into another room with like computers and monitors and he's like a little team of people in there and they have like gadgets and guns and he says the pill was part of a trace program that lets morpheus pinpoint his location and then neo sits in a chair and gets kind of suited up with little devices and sticky things and wires and then he just kind of looks over into this broken mirror and it suddenly like fixes itself and fuses back into like a regular mirror and so he's like reaching towards it and then it like sticks to his hand and the silver part of the mirror like transfers onto his skin and starts covering his whole body and he's kind of freaking out a little bit and Morpheus turned into some Super Mario 64 shit yeah exactly and Morpheus is explaining how he won't be able to tell if it's a dream or or not and his body turns silver and even like the camera goes like in his mouth and we see the yeah. silver like going down his throat. The sound design of that part's great too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's a lot of like digital noises happening now. And then Neo is like in this like weird alien world, like 
he's like in a pink tank full of goo and he like sits up and he like has he's like connected to, he, there's a bunch of like cords connected all over his body on his back and like there's one on his nose and going down his throat and he like pulls it out and he's just kind of like gasping for air and like panicking and he looks around and there's just like a bunch of these little tanks like like probably like millions just like in he's freaking out they're like towers he's all covered basically. in goo yeah he's bald as fuck super bald he's like got no hair on his body whatsoever and yeah there's just these towers as far as you can see and they're all containing these like pink tanks full of like people or or things humans humans yeah it's like a what do they call it like they call it like farming or something like it's, they're basically uh a a, a battery they're, yeah. they're a power source yeah that's what we find out a little later yeah, yeah. Well, yeah we'll is get that into there that. are these fields of of batteries yeah and this like robot spider thing it's like kind of like a squid i guess like a, it like kind of swims up to him and begins like choking him basically to unplug his cables it like it like starts to choke him and then like it's it stops and like then suddenly all his like plugs come undone he yeah. feels this like like kind of painful release from it and then he gets like flushed down a pipe. <laughs> I'm so glad you said flushed. Yeah, he gets totally toilet flushed yeah, out of that totally. thing. Totally. 100% flushed. Just like rides down this like water slide <laughs> of a pipe into this like body of like green water. And out he's of like, a septic tank. <laughs> and he's like really struggling to stay afloat. And it seems like he well, can't swim. It actually is like the sewer system. Yeah. They, they mentioned that later. Yeah. That's like the tunnels that the Nebuchadnezzar's flying through oh. are the like sewer systems, basically. I didn't catch that part. The, 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 so many the machines have this. created. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And he's like struggling to stay afloat. And then this claw reaches down and pulls him up like all the way up through like a door in the like ceiling. Like one of those crane machines in an arcade. Yeah, like, yeah like exactly. A teddy bear. <laughs> yeah. He's exactly. like plucked him out. <laughs> they won. And pulls him like up through the ceiling into a room with Morpheus and Trinity. And Morpheus is like, welcome to the real world. What do the alien toys in Toy Story call the claw? The claw. They just say the claw? Yeah. Okay, okay. Neo wakes up and he's like, am I dead? And... <laughs> Morpheus, Such a Keanu Reeves delivery. <laughs> Am I dead? And Morpheus is like far from it. And he's like laying in like a bed with like a bunch of these like long needles sticking out of him. And they're like everywhere on his like body. Acupuncture needles. It's yeah. like acupuncture mixed with like uh, computer readouts. Like they're all wired into a computer to like monitor his body. Mm -hmm. And. Yeah, it seems like they're collecting data from his body and like like time passes by and like needles are removed over time and then suddenly like Neo wakes up and all of the needles are gone and he's like clothed but there's this big like needle plug in his arm that he like pulls out. It's kind of like reminds me of an ivy. And it probably is because like his hair's grown back at this point and he's probably just had to like lay there and recover mm -hmm. for a while. They probably didn't have that probably is an IV of some sort. Yeah. I love the line um, right before that where 
he's on the table with all the needles and he's like opening his eyes and he's like, why do my eyes hurt? Yeah. Morpheus is like, because you've never used them before. Yeah, which which it, uh, up, up to this point, you don't know how long the humans are in the pods. Mm-hmm. And this kind of clarifies that for the viewer that um, they're born in the pods. Yeah. Um, he's never used his he's muscles. Never, yeah. He's never used his eyes. They literally exist in the pods from birth. Mm-hmm. Goo babies. Goo baby. And then he like reaches behind him to feel like this like plug hole on his head. And it's a quarter inch cable. It's <laughs> 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 a little more like an XLR. But. Yeah, it's kind of a big plug. <laughs> and right as he's like kind of feeling it morpheus walks in and he says he's like there i think neo's like really confused like what time it is and like morpheus is like he's like is it 1999 and morpheus is like more like 2999 yeah yeah he's like yeah we don't know exactly what year it is but we we approximate that it's around 2199 It's definitely not 1999, but yeah, they don't really know what what year it is, what time it is. And Morpheus is like giving him a tour of their quarters and introduces him to the crew. And Trinity takes Neo to a chair where he gets like strapped in again. And Morpheus is like trying to, you know, tell him to relax and you know, letting him know it's gonna feel a little weird, and he shoves something into like Neo's plug hole on his head. Mm-hmm. And Morpheus hasn't explained anything yet, right? Not quite. Okay. Then they're like transformed into like this like neutral white space. There's and like nothing in there. Yeah. Oh, we we did already get the part where Lawrence Fishburne introduces the ship. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Nebuchadnezzar, and mm-hmm. then like there's like a computer mainframe that's like everything, and it, that it's a hovercraft, and I kind of glossed over it. Yeah. But yeah. 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 He like, gives much. them a tour, introduces them to the crew. Yeah. And then they just get right to it. Yeah. The and the I love the little bit about the two uh, tank and dozer and how they're My like brothers. They're brothers, and they're they weren't born in the goo. They're children of Zion. Yeah, they're children of the the last city of humanity. Mm-hmm. I love that detail. Yeah, and they, I think they kind of highlight that later too. Yeah, yeah, they go they, into it. They're more. talking about it with Neo. I just I just love that that world building element, of, and like it instantly is like it's like oh it's like oh it's they're the people who like work the ship and like run the computer because they can't go into the matrix you know it, like mm. it makes right. their role make even more sense and stuff like that which i found really really well written mm. and so yeah morpheus plugs something into neo's head and then they're in this white space there's nothing it's just like white there's no floor no ceiling no like foreground background except there is like a couple chairs and a coffee table and like an old tv and Neo looks like normal now. He has hair again. He, he doesn't have any plugs on him. And Morpheus is kind of walking him through what's real and what's simulated. And 
starts to show him the world he knows and how it exists now as a simulation. And he explains Nia has been living in a dream world. And on the TV, he kind of shows him what it looks like today in the world that they are in. And it's dark and scary and stormy. And yeah, like what Earth looks like. How now. how it looks like that because they like darken the skies with with whatever to in an attempt to cut off their solar energy the supply. The machines. The machines, yeah. Yeah. Lawrence Fishburne starts talking about how there is an AI and the AI went rampant. That's what led to all this. Mm-hmm. To cut off the machine's power source, they basically they set off a nuke. They, yeah. Which is established in some side sides side fiction stuff with the matrix but there's like they set off the nuke they darken the skies which didn't really make sense to me because it's like doesn't don't humans need the sun too and like the well, they talk about the it sun. being like an energy source and yeah they were solar powered the machine like the ai but the, yeah the, it was their most abundant form of energy yeah and um it was just a desperate attempt yeah yeah i guess it, it was that desperate that they had to do that and then you know, they, they go on to explain how humans have become dependent on technology and machines. And then they start talking about how the AI machines are kind of dependent on human bodies for like a like a battery source, kind of like we mentioned before. And yeah, they say it's like bio. They use their energy and then a form of fusion or something like that. Yeah, he uh, he. Morpheus says like the specific voltage that like humans naturally generate within their body mm-hmm. or something like that. And that uh, another fine detail is that they feed the dead to the living intravenously. Yeah. 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 Yummy. And then he starts. The goo. Yeah. And then he starts talking about these fields where we saw Neo in before where they're just kind of. I mean, if you think about it, just kind of like like holding slash like farming like human bodies I mean it's literally what we do to animals (laughs) yeah and Neo like didn't believe him and got kind of panicky and vomited and then he woke up later like realizing he can't go back to his normal life he's kind of stuck in this new life and Morpheus apologizes and explains that they can't usually free a mind once it's reached a certain age so they I guess normally use children to expose them to this like new reality yeah that's why like mouse is so young the crew member mouse Mm -hmm. yeah and also why later when Neo goes to visit the oracle there's like all children in the waiting room yeah and all the possibles I I think the I think just to go into a little bit of like why Neo is the one, like my theory on it, um, is I think it is is directly tied to how late he was brought out of the Matrix. That's kind of like my 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 fan mm. theory that I I kind of thought about a lot. This viewing is like maybe that's why he's able to have such a grasp of both worlds. Yeah, because like it really your power within the matrix is completely dependent upon your mind and how well you can wrap your mind around the fact that none of it's real yeah Yeah. so it's like 
I don't know. It's something about Neo's specific situation that makes him kind of become the one because as we'll get into it, maybe he's not supposed to be the one initially, Mm -hmm. you know? And Morpheus is like, you know, I did what I did because I had to. Then he starts explaining about there's a man who has the ability to change the matrix and the first human, right? It was like one of the early humans in the matrix program was given the ability to shape the matrix to what he saw fit. And eventually he realized that it was bad. And that's when he started plucking people out. Yeah. He freed the first of us. Yeah. yeah and he yeah. kind of plucked out like Morpheus and I don't know if it's Morpheus. I don't think or it's generations Morpheus. Yeah, before. Yeah, it's because like the first people that he plucked out made the city of Zion. He so said it's that, been generations since then. Well, he said that they freed the first of us is what he says. Yeah. So it's but kind it's of not ambiguous. Morpheus. I have I can say a fact that is like a big big spoiler, but I don't want to say it right now, but it's not Morpheus was not in that group. Of, okay, of well, people. Over time he and his crew of people were introduced to this you know, introduced to the Matrix. Yeah, Morpheus is, is like entrusted with knowledge, basically, because he's kind of risen through the ranks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he also thinks that the person who has the ability to change the Matrix is Neo. And he thinks Neo is the one. And Neo's kind of sitting in like some like small quarters of the ship and tank comes in and greets him and starts explaining that Zion is the last human city left and that's where he's from and he says that he's excited to see what Neo is capable of just based on things that Morpheus has told him and then he gets Neo to get in a chair again and he puts in like a jujitsu disc and Neo kind of laughs about it. He's like, jujitsu? And then he's like, just kind of like, it seems like he's like just absorbing information from this mm-hmm. desk. He's like learning jujitsu by just sitting in a chair. It's so cool. Strapped he's to like these uploading like machines. the information into his brain. Yeah. And he like, you know, over time, like Neo, like he asks Neo how he's doing and Neo's like, oh, I'm feeling good. And then he like basically sits there for 10 hours just yeah. absorbing he's not getting off on it for sure yeah and then then when he's done he's like i know kung fu i think that it makes sense that neo loves it so much because like that's what he was doing in the matrix is just like sitting at the computer absorbing information you mm-hmm. know what i mean just like yep. constantly looking things up so he's mm-hmm. like ready for that shit yeah and then morpheus decides to test him so they are in this like like a dojo. This yeah. dojo was created like way before the they even shot it. Like it was like one of the first things they built. Hmm. Um, and uh, I do I love the transition of the floor, like coming up. Yeah. In the you know what I mean? Like when they're mm-hmm. in that white room and like the the bot like the roof of the building like comes up to meet their feet. Yeah, it's like love loading. that effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 it's so neat. And they're in this dojo and they start fighting and it, you know, looks like really serious. Like it looks like fighting in Kung Fu movies. And they're 
fighting and, you know, essentially just, you know, like a bit of training. And the crew is kind of watching and gathering to to just kind of like, you know, get some entertainment out of watching Morpheus and Neo um, fighting. Mouse, I think, runs in and is like, they're fighting. Mm, Neo's fighting yeah. Morpheus. I, it's like the first scene of the movie where I'm like, oh, this is a little unnecessary. Why? I, I don't know. It just doesn't feel as like the tone. I don't know. The tone just feels like it jumps right there. Oh, I really like that part because it's like it's furthering this idea that like if he's the one, then what's he going to do sure, against sure, Morpheus? Sure. Like, yeah, I think it allows them in action. Yeah, I think it allows them to kind of like they see like Morpheus kind of like, you know, ultimately like kick Neo through a pillar and then. He seems a little defeated, and then it, I think it allows a moment for them to question: like, is he really the one? Mm-hmm. Like, is this the guy? Yeah. No, I think it does. This it serves those purposes very well. I just found the delivery of it a little corny. Mm. Yeah. I think a lot of parts of this movie are kind sure, of corny. Sure. <laughs> um, but then Morpheus starts like questioning the reality of Neo's muscles in the simulation and Neo's like gasping for air and Morpheus is like is that even air you're breathing or something like that and it's so good dude so well written I feel like uh, I can't remember if it was like an MTV movie awards thing or something I saw where it's like they just make a big fart joke out of it yeah oh yeah (laughs) I was I remembered that too when I was watching this it's like all these fart sounds and then yeah. Morpheus is like, you think that's air you're breathing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, was, that's what they did at the beginning of the MTV movie awards is they would like, right, spoof they the would movies. spoof every movie that like was, was like nominated. Justin Timberlake was yeah. Neo or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. I remember Agent Smith's like the smell. It's like they, <laughs> they, pull, they pull all these like fart jokes out of it. There's the, the one that I remember a lot is all, I think it's the Jack Black Spider-Man one that they did. Yeah. So then Neo gets up to fight again and Morpheus is like really challenging him and he he like tells Neo like don't think you are know you are and Quit trying to hit me and hit me yeah yeah and then Neo like uses the force of the matrix and essentially like pins Morpheus to a wall with this like kind of multiple arm multiple fist action and it like yeah. You know, looks like he's kind of cutting through time or something, and he like, like stops his fist like right in front of Morpheus's face. And in the initial filming of this, they both took a lot of bruises, mm-hmm. and so like when they f- were finishing up the the when they went back to shoot it, uh, they they pulled the punches instead of like connecting. Um, but yeah, they got beat up. They, I read, I read yeah, that too. yeah, beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> and. Then suddenly they're in another simulation on top of a building and Morpheus jumps like onto another building top that is like a football field away kind of and Neo kind of winds up to run and make the jump too but he you know it just looks like a regular human jump and he just kind of like falls and goes through the street and kind of bounces back up like a trampoline and then lands hard on top of it. Very Looney Tunes moment. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. One of the, I think it's like one of the times where the CG does look a little goofy. Yeah. Like him falling into the concrete. 
And this is that moment where the crew is like, they've been watching the whole time and they kind of look to each other and they're like, is he really the one? And they're kind of questioning Neo and his abilities. And then Neo and Morpheus return from the simulation and Neo's mouth is bleeding. And he's like, I thought, I thought this wasn't real. And Morpheus is like, the mind makes your body believe it's real. And then Neo realizes and points out that if he dies in the matrix, he dies for real. The crew seems skeptical about Neo and Trinity's having a conversation with one of the crew members who's wondering why Neo seems so unsure of himself and Trinity is just like, Morpheus will take care of it. And so then Morpheus and Neo are walking through these like crowded city sidewalk um, area and they're in another simulation and they're like people watching and there's there's this like woman in a red dress that he sees that gets brought up later but um, there's like a man looks like an agent pointing a, a gun at Neo and Morpheus kind of like freezes time and they're like moving freely around all the frozen people and Morpheus is telling Neo that this is basically like a test to a test simulation to interact with an agent because typically when you interact with an agent in the matrix you like die yeah and that the agents how they move the agents are a like a program they're completely exist within the matrix mm -hmm. and they jump between the bodies they're kind of autonomous yeah um and uh, i read that in that scene that simulation they cast as many um identical twins as possible oh, wow. for the agents for just all the people oh, in that, okay. in that like street scene just so they could have like people like a guy one guy's a cop and another one's like playing clothes and they're the same yeah. they look the same they're just kind of playing with to like the visual the uncanny valleyness yeah that's pretty added. cool yeah. and yeah morpheus says everyone who has fought an agent has died but he thinks that neo can prove that wrong and then morpheus gets a phone call and basically hears that they're in trouble and the ship that their bodies are on are is like traveling through a tunnel and there's like these like squid spider ships kind of following around squiddies. controlling squiddies <laughs> and uh morpheus and neo are like back in like real time real world and they kind of guide the driver to I, is Trinity driving? Who's driving at this point? The ship? Yeah. Is it Dozer? Probably Dozer or Tank. So Morpheus is directing them to park the ship and like power it down. And why, when it powers down, they kind of arm this like, it's a button that says EMP, which they say is like for electromagnetic magnetic pulse. Yeah, to, it's their only weapon against the machines. Yeah, and you know they're preparing to use it, and then we see these like squid-like alien ships that kind of swim through the space, and they, 
you know, they miss Morpheus's ship. And yeah, they pull out these like uh, they each have these like listening satellites, you know, like little listening devices. And they're like trying to hear them, so they have to stay really quiet. Mm-hmm. And like someone, like I think it's like Trinity and Neo are whispering, and, and Morpheus is like, "Be quiet! So shut the fuck up!" <laughs> Squiddy's out <laughs> here <laughs> looking for us. And then. We see one of the crew members, his name is Cypher. He's like sitting at a desk, like, you know, staring at computer screens and typing. And Neo. This is after they get rid of the. They, they launch the EMP. No, they, no, don't. they don't. They, they don't. just like. Yeah. They almost do. They almost yeah. do. And okay, then they, okay. they wait out the squid. Because they, they like okay. kind of didn't notice them. Okay. And so Neo like walks up behind Cypher and like scares him while he was at the desk accidentally and then cypher is like explaining to neo that there's too much information to decode the matrix and he kind of explains how he's been like staring at like these symbols for so long that they they no longer look like symbols to him like he looks at one and it looks it looks like a woman or or something and Mm -hmm. he says like uh, all I see now is like blonde, redhead, brunette. Whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First, yeah. it's the, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's the first time we get the, the hint that Cypher's like creepy and like mm-hmm. yeah. bad, like yeah, a the, villain. I mean, he, he kind of looks villainy. He does. But he then on top of that, like it, his yeah. attitude really sells it. And I think he, he acts like he does have something on the back burner. Yeah. Kinda. The actor does such a good job of making you hate him. Like he just oh, yeah. sells it so well. But I do like the moment. I, they do have a little moment before we know the true intentions of of Cipher, where he's talking to Neo about like how how heavy the ideas must be that have just been placed upon Neo. And I think it's a really well written moment or like a smart moment to have to mm-hmm. be like to recognize how intense it all is for right me. to have another character say like that's fucked up to right? like recognize it yeah <laughs> you're yeah. supposed to be the one or whatever yeah, like yeah. that's a that's a wacky idea yeah and it's like kind of like the only moment of kind of like friendliness you get from cypher mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he like offers neo a drink which yeah it's kind of like it's probably like gasoline <laughs> it's essentially like some uh chemical yeah thing yeah Oh, it cleans. It's like used it's like a cleaning. He says, fluid. "Yeah, it's good for two things: killing brain cells and degreasing, degreasing. engines." Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Dozer makes it, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah. And Cipher points out why he points out that he like regrets not taking the blue pill, and Neo starts like coughing on his drink, and this is like I think the you know, beginning of this like hint we're getting from Cypher that he's like really having second thoughts about the whole thing. Yeah. And it's the first time we're even introduced to the idea of anyone that's been saved from the matrix, like having wanting to go misgivings back. about it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And why, oh, why didn't I take the blue pill? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that line. And then Cypher is like, you're here to save the world. Like, I don't know if he knew that, but you're here to save the world. And he, He's like, if you get out there and if you see an agent, you need to run your ass off. The opposite of what kind of like. What he's expected to do. Expected to, yeah. Right. Which is, once again, the movie sets this up, plants this seed, and it pays off on it later. Mm Mm-hmm. And then 
Neo like finishes his drink and leaves and then Cypher is eating a steak and it cuts to like a restaurant yeah yeah interior. and he's dining with this like agent that we've been seeing in like every scene with the agents like he's like the main agent guy yeah. He puts like the biggest fucking bite of steak I've ever seen in his mouth. He's well, he, like chewing on it. He's just kind of lingering on it, <laughs> yeah. talking about it. I know this isn't real. Yeah. But when I put it in my mouth, whatever, ignorance yeah. is bliss yeah, or whatever yeah, his line is. Yeah. Yeah. And then he he's like essentially making a deal with this agent. And he says he wants to be like, reinserted into the matrix and then he will like basically hand over morpheus to the agent he mm-hmm. like he basically takes the deal that neo was originally offered and I runs love, with it yeah he's got a great line here it's really cheeky he says i want to be somebody important like an actor <laughs> <laughs> because he is <laughs> and also it's like doesn't the agent originally just it's like he asks for Neo and the codes. He wants the codes to the Zion mainframe or something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I can't give them to you, but I can give you Morpheus. He's like, I them, told basically. you already. I told you already. I don't know them. Yeah. Mm. And that also gives you more insight into the fact that like knowledge in a very archaic way that humans have passed down before they wrote anything they down, they passed it down through just speaking to each other mm-hmm. and informa- information kept within your mind and like humans have like resorted to that still even in this this far into the future they're still using that right. like one of the powers they have as humans is that they can like retain this stuff and keep secrets and not have to like they can hide the information within humans you know right. and can't really download that you can't download it yeah and that's hack it. that's why morpheus is important, you know. One of the re- many reasons why yeah. Morpheus is important. So they do try to hack him later, but they definitely we'll get to that. Yeah. And then we cut right to Morpheus and his team, and they're sitting in like a mess hall environment, and they're eating like tins full of like white mush. Looks like corn chowder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks a lot like corn cream chowder. corn corn chowder. Yeah, yeah, and. They're talking about how they can imagine that it's like runny eggs or that it's like taste tasty wheat yeah. cereal. Mm-hmm. And like they're going on to talk about it and Morpheus Morpheus is like, it's everything the body needs. Like No, that's I Tank says Yeah, Dozer's like it's a it's a single cell protein and all the bunch of technical uh, stuff. Amino everything the body needs, and, and the yeah. mouse is like, it's not everything the body needs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then that's when he's like trying to hook Morpheus or hook Neo up with his like uh his, his program. Yeah. Yeah. And also they the tasty wheats thing to go back to that, Abby, is like um this breakfast cereal that they ate in the Matrix. It's like it only existed in the Matrix and Mouse ate it as a kid in the Matrix. Yeah. And he's like, this is what this tastes like tasty wheats to me. But what if the machines made tasty wheats actually taste like turnips or something like that? He's like, how do I know tasty wheats actually taste like tasty wheats? Because like the machines could have made it taste like anything. And it's like, and oh, like, how chicken tastes like everything. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, but then he's like, how did the machines know what to make the food taste like in the first place? You know? Yeah. It's an interesting little yeah. dive into like. The, the lore. Yeah. Yeah. And into this character, kind of, yeah. because he 
also goes on to talk about how he made the simulation that that Neo and Morpheus were in in the city where he saw the girl in the red dress. He's like, that girl in the red dress? That was that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. And I can arrange a more private rendezvous. Yeah. And Neo and Trinity and the other team members are in a simulation together with and there, there's like a phone ringing and Morpheus answers it and he's like we're in like basically confirming they're in the matrix and they walk outside and Morpheus is like we'll be back in an hour and I really like the the like the way that they deposit them into the matrix like the phone's ringing and for every ring they're showing a different person in the chair mm-hmm. and they show a different person in the matrix it's like this cool round Mm-hmm. of like bringing them all in yeah. for every ring of the phone. It's really and, cool. And a, a, another thing that is only mentioned like once uh, very early on is the is that their ship is broadcasting a pirate radio, like a pirate signal of the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Like they are hacking into the Matrix. Right. You know what I mean? Like they, which is very important when to like wrap your head around everything that's happening and like why they are, why they have to pick up the phones to leave the Matrix and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's their portal in and out. Yeah. And also, like, their way of talking to the people that are, like, Operator. out of the matrix. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that, that the person at the at the helm of, of the computers always answers operator. It's such a fun yeah. little detail. And they... So Morpheus and his crew, they're in the matrix, and they walk outside of this building, and Cypher, like, drops a phone into a garbage can... Which is like sneaky and yeah, you know, weird. But they get in a car and they're like, kind of admiring the outside world. And Neo like recognizes a spot in this city that they're in that he has memories of. And then he realizes like the memories he held were like ultimately not real because it was a simulation. Good noodles. <laughs> and. They arrive at the location of the Oracle, who ends up being like, you know, an older woman who essentially like knows all. She knows like the future. She knows what's going to happen. She knows like everything, like, you know, generally. Um, Is there any more information about the Oracle? Is the Oracle a human in the Matrix still? I think the Oracle is a program. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Who acts as a guide to, you know, in in this movie help help Neo find his path? It's like a was it? A, it's a version of a previous piece of software or something, a program written for like another version of the Matrix that's like lasted until this one. Oh, okay. And well, um, it's interesting that you just said that. The Oracle, like a long time ago, had told Morpheus that he would find the one, and. You know, the, Morpheus and Neo are like talking about this, like as they're walking up to her door, and they stop at the door, and Morpheus is like, "You know, I can only show you the door." And so Neo goes in, and there's like, like, basically like a, like an attendant kind of person who like opens the door, 
like kind of lines up appointments with the oracle and like walks people in to talk to her. It's like a doctor's office. Yeah, it feels like a doctor's office in like, you know, like a, a grandma's home. And there's like all these kids in like the living room. And these are all like potentials, basically, like potentials to be the one. And, you know, some of them are like floating cubes up in the air. And this one is like bald and is like bending a spoon with their mind. And a uh, fun fact right here that I'm going to insert because um, we're not doing episodes on the next two movies. Uh, that kid is a character that comes in like is in the later movies. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. The hmm. the character that I think is called Kid or like the kid in the second movie. Neo comes over to this child bending the spoon and the child is like explaining to Neo like how to bend the spoon. And then Neo is like holding it and he kind of tilts his head to the side and the spoon bends. The spoon isn't real. Oh, yeah. The spoon's not real. However, you yeah. do that accent. Um, yeah, the kid says that to bend the spoon is impossible. What you need to realize is that the spoon isn't real and that it's you that's bending. Yes. And then Neo bends the spoon. And then the this woman comes in to you know, kind of escort Neo to the Oracle. And there's like a woman sitting on a stool in her kitchen, like looking in the oven, waiting for some cookies to finish baking. And she says like, oh, don't worry about the vase. And then like Nia's like, what vase? And then a vase like falls to the ground and crashes. And, you know, she can predict things and she knows the future. And she She says like, what's really gonna bake your noodle later is if you would have broken it if I hadn't said anything. (laughs) she calls Neo cute and you know she asks him like do you think you're the one and she points up to this like Latin phrase above the doorway um, that means no and she Uh, know thyself know thyself sorry and she explains to him that like you know it's kind of like being in love and you know you don't have to like question it you kind of know you're in love and she tells Neo to open his mouth and say ah (laughs) it's a really goofy moment (laughs) and she's like holding his hands and she tells him she's like you already know what I'm about to tell you and she tells him that he's got the gift but he's basically waiting for something to happen to him and she's like poor Morpheus like without him we are lost and Neo's like really why and she's like Morpheus believes in in you Neo and nobody else can convince him otherwise and she says that like Neo is gonna run into a situation where he has to make a choice between you know his own life and Morpheus's life and one of them is gonna die and she says that he's gonna remember that he's in control of his own life. And she offers him a cookie and she's like, when you're done eating it, you'll feel right as rain. Yeah, and like the, she's basically saying that he's not the one. 
she tells him like you know you have the gift but you're probably not going to use it so yeah she it's i think it's a little discouraging yeah she's like you're not the one because you look like you're still waiting for something Mm. it's interesting the timing of this um when they go back into the matrix for the first time after they've pulled neo out it's like pretty much exactly the halfway point of the movie neo comes out of visiting the oracle and morpheus greets him and he like immediately before neo tells him anything that's happened morpheus is like what was said was meant for you and you alone and then like walks away and then neo like bites into the cookie and then we cut to a scene where is the guy's name mouse yeah he's like looking at like a magazine page with this like blonde woman in a red dress and he's got a different haircut yeah he's got got a matrix haircut yeah (laughs) and he gets a phone call from morpheus and morpheus and neo and cypher get out of a car and neo and cypher kind of look at each other and have this like weird moment and Neo looks at Trinity and he's like, deja vu. And she's like, what do you mean deja vu? And he's like, I saw this black cat twice already. And she's like, when there's deja vu, that means there's a glitch in the matrix. And then they start getting really suspicious. And she's like, you know, that means they changed it. Um, The agents have guns and they entered the building and they start like shooting at the crew and some people die and then they you know cut to them like in the real world and they're like dying in real life because they're getting shot in the matrix yeah, mouse is the first one mouse is in the in the room where that they barge into first and they just light up mouse He's mouse is trying two giant to, shotguns. to do nothing yeah. absolutely nothing and then everyone runs upstairs and traps themselves in a room away from all the agents and they call Tank. And there's like agents and there's like guys that look like they're like a part of a SWAT team. They're like kind of raiding this this building they're in lo- looking for Morpheus and his crew. And they're like running upstairs with flashlights and Neo gets handed a gun by um I don't remember who hands him the gun. I don't remember that character's name. But he tells Neo he's like, I hope the Oracle gave you some good news. And the agents are trying to pinpoint exactly where they are. And they're like in the walls at this point. And they they kind of like freeze while like everyone's trying to like listen in and figure out where Morpheus and everybody is and Morpheus is like coughing so it gives away their position and the agents and the guys start shooting the walls and the team like you know they they don't get hit by any of the bullets or anything but one of the agents like like punches through a wall and grabs Neo and Morpheus like kind of jumps out to kind of take Neo's place so that they take himself out the wall so awesome (laughs) Uh, the character that gives Neo the gun is named Apoc Apoc by Julian Aranga and 
Morpheus like tackles the agent down and you know basically allows Neo and the rest of their team to move to safety and you know they're moving through and they're like dodging bullets and Morpheus and the agent fight for a while in this like bathroom and the agent like takes down Morpheus several times and the armed crew of guys come in and you know basically like detain Morpheus and beat him up some more and then Cypher calls the agent Trinity calls Tank and she's like where's Cypher and you know Cypher gets out of the matrix and he's you know in this room where all these other people are kind of immobile in their chairs because they're tuned into the matrix or whatever and cypher is like you know trying to tamper with some shit yeah cypher gets out um by getting to a phone before anyone else and i think he also like in in coordination with the agents like fakes that or stages the car crash that's like out front and then that's why he's able to like get to the phone booth yeah and that's Mm -hmm. like the excuse he uses of like it was like uh uh tank's like where's everyone else and he's like oh i just got lucky Get me out of here. And Cypher sneaks up on Tank and blows him away with this laser gun that he grabs. Shoots like electric bolts out of it. Mm-hmm. And then he shoots Tank's brother. What's his name? Uh, Dozer. Dozer. Yeah. And Cypher puts on Tank's headset and Trinity like keeps trying to call Tank and then Cypher picks up and he's answering and he's like over Trinity's body like in in real time and while she's in the matrix and he's telling her like you know once I thought I was in love with you Trinity and he's like being really creepy and he's like I'm tired of living in simulations and eating goop and listening to Morpheus and taking orders from him and he says that like Morpheus tricked them into living this life and She's like, no, he's showed us the truth. And Cypher is like, I choose the Matrix. And Trinity is like, the Matrix isn't real. And Cypher like pulls the plug on APOC. And he is like in the simulation with Trinity and like just like collapses and dies. And then like other team members are getting unplugged and Trinity is like cursing Cypher and Cypher's threatening to pull Neo's plug. And he's like, you know, if he's really the one, he's still going to be there when I pull his plug. Like, and so he's, you know, like threatening to pull Neo's plug. And Trinity is like making eye contact with Neo at this moment. And she's like, he is the one. And then Tank comes up behind Cypher and shoots him right back. And Tank like safely gets Trinity out of the matrix and they hug and the agent is looking out a tall building into the city and Morpheus is behind him like detained in a chair and he's all like bloody and he's got these like electrodes on his head and someone's like squirting this liquid into Morpheus's neck and the agent is talking about like evolution and he tells Morpheus to look out the window and realize that the future is our time. And 
Neo is out of the Matrix at this point. He's looking at Morpheus's body in the chair, and they're discussing Morpheus, and they're discussing pulling his plug. They're doing it to save Zion. <sighs> right, they don't want the agents to get the key to Zion, yeah. basically. And Morpheus has that so They're trying to hack him. Yeah. 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 yeah, and yeah, that's why they're just going to kill Morpheus to like prevent that from happening. There's but, this very important uh, monologue happening from Agent Smith, who's essentially revealing that he despises being in the Matrix, and he hates it there. He hates the smell. He hates all like the whole thing, and he he views um, humanity as a parasite. Yeah, and well, because. It's a he's a computer program and his one purpose for why he was created is to catch the one or like stop humans from like escaping the matrix and like destroy the city of Zion. You know what I mean? Like that's the purpose of the program and he cannot be freed. The program cannot be freed from that duty until it's fulfilled. Right. It's his prison. Yeah. And. You know they're they're talking about pulling Morpheus's plug, and Neo is like, you know, he re- he suddenly remembers the like situation that the Oracle was describing that he would find himself in, and he's like, you know, like this doesn't have to happen. Like I can I can go back into the Matrix and save him, and you know we get like a hint that he's like starting to believe that he is the one and that he can, you know, change all of this and mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Get, kind of go against what the oracle was saying. He thinks they can, he can save both of them. And he's kind of making this hero decision to go back into the Matrix. And, you know, I mentioned it kind of gives us an idea that he's, like, starting to put two and two together and, like, believe in himself and realize he's the one. But then he goes ahead and says, like, I'm not the one. And Trinity's like, no, you are the one. And she... I guess I kind of took that as like what the Oracle was saying is you have to make a choice, your life for his. And he's just decided to go ahead and save Morpheus and maybe sacrifice his life. Right. In the process. Yeah. That's yeah. I think he's like, he's like, oh, I need to go in there and sacrifice myself. Yeah. Even Tank comes up and he's like, you know, if you go in, it's like suicide. Like you're not going to come out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, after all this kind of like back and forth, like, you're the one. No, I'm not. I'm going to go back. No, you can't. Like, he goes back into the Matrix yeah. and Trinity goes too. after kind of putting her foot down. She's like, I am going to go with yeah. you. You're going to stop me? And so the agent is talking to Morpheus about mammals and humans and how humans just like multiply and occupy and suck up resources and similar to a virus. And he goes on to say that you know like like we like like are the cure talking about like the agents like the the, yeah. the ai yeah the program yeah because they're not even the ai they're like separate from the machine ai that runs everything mm-hmm. it's an interesting a uh, bit of world building um agent smith mentions that in a former version of the matrix they made it perfect like everyone's life was bliss and perfect and and people rejected it yeah. Neo and Trinity are in this like white blank neutral space that we saw before with Neo and Morpheus. And 
Neo is like has all the confidence in the world and he like orders up a, a lot of guns and these like huge long shelves come out and they just kind of like roll out of nowhere and also this is the first time that Neo's wearing leather I'm pretty sure yeah, yeah. and uh, earlier when like when I was watching the movie I made a joke that like it was when you uh, first see them go back into the Matrix after all the training and stuff everyone's wearing leather except for Neo he's like in a suit mm-hmm. and I'm like oh is Neo the one because he's the only one not wearing leather <laughs> yeah now he has this like sick leather trench yeah, coat on trench and coat. he's got like sunglasses a lot of people wearing sunglasses indoors in this movie It's a. I think it's just like part of your starter kit they had a special like <laughs> for the Matrix. sunglasses uh, designer come and like be on the movie. Oh, oh wow. I love Morpheus's sunglasses. Oh that yeah, those things don't are have arms on the side. Like mm. they just clip on yeah. his nose. Yeah. And we're back in the room with this like main agent guy and he sends his other two agents away to talk to Morpheus. And then then we cut to Tank. He's like, you know, talking to Morpheus's body and he's like, Don't worry, like Neo and Trinity are coming. And then the agent, this is the moment where the agent is explaining to Morpheus that he hates this place, this yeah. this zoo, this prison, this life, and he hates the smell of it. The smell. And at this moment, like Morpheus's eyes are like rolling to the back of his head. And he's, he's fighting like, back the, they inject him with like mercury looking substance. Mm-hmm. It looks like, it kind of reminds me of the, mirror goo that gets on right uh Keanu in, mm-hmm. the, in the beginning Keanu Keanu and the agent is telling Morpheus that he needs to tell him how to access the codes for Zion and then Neo like he's in this like he looks like he's like entering like a corporate building and he like walks through metal detectors and the metal detectors are going off. So the security guard is like, all right, let me see. And he like opens up his trench coat and it's full of guns and he proceeds to like shoot them all in slow motion, except for this one guy that doesn't get shot in Trinity comes in and like shoots him. Such an iconic scene. Mm -hmm. It took him like 10 days to shoot that. Really? Yeah. And so they're walking through and they both have on their sick ass like leather trench coats and sunglasses. The guards come out, tell them to freeze and they just start like going off and shooting. And Trinity is like running up a wall and flips around and kicks some people. And Neo's like shooting and running and they're just like kicking ass. And there's like, like the whole like room they're in is like made of tile and there's pillars everywhere and pieces of tile and debris are flying everywhere. It's kind of sick. And Neo like flips around shooting and hits a lot of guys. Then he like runs up this guy's torso and kicks him dead. And then they take the elevator up and the agents like returned back to the room where the like main agent and Morpheus are. And they were like, what were you doing? This is the one piece of like CGI that I thought didn't hold up they blow uh they blow up the bottom floor or whatever as yeah. they're riding the elevator cord up and they're like the, this door is like slow motion like being pushed by by the explosion and the flames and it just looks like yeah. shit 
Yeah, like the the ripple effects that they do. Is that what you're talking no, about? No, 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 no. It's like uh, this explosion happens and this door flies off and it's like this oh, door's like okay, in slow okay. motion kind of like bouncing away from the explosion and it just yeah. kind of looks really bad. So they, yeah, they, they put like a bomb, like they arm it on top of the elevator. They're like in the elevator shaft and the elevator like kind of drops to the bottom while they're ho- holding on to a cable that sends them up and there's like an explosion at the bottom that's what michael was describing yeah and yeah the elevator explodes when it hits the ground which causes like the water sprinklers like in mm. the ceiling to start going off so the room that the agent and morpheus are in it just starts like sprinkling water from the ceiling and Neo and Trinity are on the roof and they're like shooting bad guys and Neo and Trinity like shot an agent who like dodged all of their bullets doing the like wild like matrixy bend backwards like like dodging all the bullets and he shoots back and Neo starts to do the same thing and like dodge all his bullets but then he gets like shot it looked like he got shot in the ass yeah, he got grazed yeah. in some meaty parts. Yeah, for sure. And then Trinity comes up from behind and shoots this agent guy. And there's then there's like a glitch in the matrix that happens. And she says, dodge this. Dude, that shit's so badass. And then Trinity tells Neo, like, I've never seen anyone move that fast. Like, how do you move like they do? And then Trinity, like is talking a tank and orders a helicopter and then he just like makes a helicopter appear. So they took the helicopter down, they're looking through the windows and agents are shooting and water is still spraying everywhere from the sprinklers and they, you know, more uh, Neo is like on a machine gun. There's like glass flying everywhere, water flying everywhere, a lot of shit happening. And then all the agents die except the like main agent guy. And Oh, the 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 bit where Trinity just like is like, oh, I need a pilot program and just gets the knowledge of mm-hmm. piloting a helicopter like downloaded yeah. into her. But she's like yeah. her eyes start flicking for a second and then she just like knows that. He's like, Can you fly that? And she's like, Not yet. It's so cool, dude. So yeah, everyone dies except the like main agent guy and Morpheus is like, you know, starting to kind of recoup and like breaks his chains. And Very heavy-handed scene. So the the agent is like trying to shoot Morpheus after he like broke his chains, and he's like running towards the helicopter, and the agent shoots Morpheus, and he's like, you know, starting to fall instead of like jump. And Neo is like attached to this like bungee cord thing, and jumps out of the helicopter and catches Morpheus. And as he's holding him and they're, you know, trying to fly off, the agents are like shooting the helicopter and they shoot the gas tank and shit's getting wild. They're like dangling out of the helicopter. Trinity is trying to like hover over a building where Neo and Morpheus can jump to safety and Neo and Morpheus land on a building and Neo like throws like a a cable I guess like back at the chopper to give Trinity something to grab onto so that she kind of like swings off as the helicopter crashes into the building 
And then it looks like there's like another like kind of glitch in the matrix. It kind of like the helicopter hits the building and it's kind of glitchy. And Morpheus looks at Trinity and he's like, do you believe me now? <laughs> and Neo tried to like bring up the Oracle and Morpheus was like, no, no, no. The Oracle told you exactly what you needed to hear. And it was meant for you. And then the agents come out onto the roof and just kind of, they find like kind of remnants from when Neo and Morpheus and Trinity were there and they order up a strike. And the agent, he, you know, the agent kind of looks over and he's like, they're not, they're not out yet. Like they're still in the matrix. And then there's a phone booth that rings, Morpheus answers, and he gets out of the matrix. And there's, you know, the whole time they're doing this, there's like a like a homeless man laying in this alley next to the phone booth watching them. And we mentioned before how like the agents can take forms of other people. And, you know, the agent takes form of this homeless man and and like it happens trinity's like saying the important thing about like the the oracle everything the oracles told me has come true so far except for this and then like as soon as she answers the phone agents in the houseless man's body and shoots the phone as trinity gets ejected out of the matrix so trinity gets out neo is still in and then there's like a train that passes by and like Neo and the agent are like in a subway. This uh, scene is like a Western homage. Yeah. They sort of face each other down. Mm-hmm. They're going whooping up on each other. Yeah. It's just like the there's this movie is just an amalgamation of influences. And mm-hmm. really, you can really see it. And Morpheus acknowledges that Neo is starting to believe in himself and you know, back in the subway, there's like newspapers flying around and they, they do have like a kind of like Western style standoff and um, catch each other and everything kind of goes in slow motion. And they Neo contemplates leaving. He like looks at the stairs. Yeah. And then yeah. like looks back and decides like, to fight. I want to fight this fucker. Yeah. And then they both run out of bullets. So they toss their guns off to the side and prepare to fight with their hands and the agent is like this is like a lot of gibberish like some of these are like words that I know I get (laughs) um yeah, they're just like punching each other through pillars and Neo like chips the agent's sunglasses and you can tell he gets really pissed and then he like slams Neo against the wall and the music is getting really intense and the agent hits Neo in the teeth like across the subway floor and then his like teeth in the real world are like bleeding. But, you know, back in the Matrix, Neo gets up and he's like ready to fight again. He's really kicking ass this time, but then ultimately the agent slams him against the wall and punches him repeatedly and tosses him off to the side and walks over and then he throws him into the wall and he bounces into like the subway tracks. And we hear like a train coming in the distance and the agent gets down and like pins him down and he like 
calls him Mr. Anderson. And then Neo like looks up and he's like, my name is Neo. And then like flips the agent up into the ceiling and then like slams him down onto the track and kind of like, you know, gets out of there. So the train runs over the agent, but- Sick backflip. Yeah, gymnastics right out of there. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he's like, like (laughs) almost like falling back into the, the train. So the train runs over the agent, but the agent reappears. There's like an alarm going off on the ship and like Morpheus and Trinity run up to the cockpit and basically like the squid bot ship things that they were hiding from before have like realized that they're there and start like attacking the ship. And they have like a time limit suddenly, like things are getting really tense. And Neo runs out of the subway and like takes someone's phone out of their hand to call Tank and he- Hey, that guy took my phone. (laughs) And he like is looking around, he's like in like a really crowded like farmer's market type of place. And he like makes eye contact with an agent in the crowd. And there's like a bunch of agents shooting at Neo and then Neo gets cornered and Tank like, you know, creates a door for Neo. Like when when he gets, you know, kind of stuck in a spot, Tank is like, oh, go through the door. And it just like suddenly appears. Yep, that motif of like the guiding mm-hmm. is like, mm-hmm. they do it again in this scene. And Neo like runs off and up through an apartment building into this old lady's house. And then an agent like takes the body of like an old lady and like appears in the kitchen. And then Neo jumps off into a dumpster and like you know continues running and then you know back on the ship the squid alien ships are like coming in hot morpheus like opens up a button cover and he's like he's going to make it talking about neo and neo found like a fire escape and he's climbing it and the agents are shooting at him and he busts through a door and like you know, we, we cut back to the ship a lot, go from the ship to the matrix, to the ship to the matrix. And like back on the ship, like the, a- the alien squid things are like, you know, prying through the ship and they've made it inside. And then and they're almost about to push that EMP button. And then Neo is in the matrix and he hears a telephone ring and he's running. And then he comes face to face with the agent and he gets like shot in the stomach and the chest and he gets shot several more times and falls. And there's another agent that comes over and like feels for his pulse. And he's like, he's dead for sure. And aliens, the squid alien things are like lasering through the ship and Trinity Um, Trinity comes over to Neo's body and is like telling him that the Oracle said that she would fall in love with him and that he can't be dead and that she loves him and then she kisses him as the ship is basically being destroyed and then Neo comes back to life in the Matrix and in real life and Trinity like you know talks him into like you know, like kind of, kind of brings him back to life a little bit, and he. The magic kiss. <laughs> the worst is, part of the movie. It's but. it really is the worst part of the movie, <laughs> yeah. and like it, 
this movie works so hard to like build everything up to this moment. I laughed out loud during this part, I'll say. This is the resolution? Mm -hmm. It really, it, I mean, it's going to take some VHS tapes off for me. This this <laughs> moment alone brings down the score of this movie for me. I feel that. But, uh, yeah, she gives him a smooch and he gets, he comes back to life. Yeah. And so the agents are like, what the fuck? And they're like shooting at Neo, but he's like, dodging all of their bullets with like the matrixy like slow-mo like time. well he really like, like stops them yeah no oh, they right. stop them, yeah. and then he like picks one up and then they like all drop to the ground which once again is set up earlier in the movie morpheus says to neo uh when neo is like you're telling me i can dodge bullets and morpheus says when one- the time comes you won't have to exactly and Morpheus is like, he is the one. And then Neo can suddenly like see the code in the Matrix. And he stops all of the agents, swings and and punches and kicks without sweating it. He just like stops them all and he He literally puts one hand behind his back and's fighting Agent Dude, Smith. It's, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, I got this. <laughs> and then he they're like main agent he like, kicks him down the hall and like dives towards him and then inside of him and the the agent's like skin starts like like kind of crawling and then his head swells up and explodes and the world around him kind of warps a bit and then neo's like just standing there and all the other agents ran. And then the like squid alien things are really destroying the fuck out of Morpheus's ship. And when they, when, when Neo comes back, there's like a big explosion and then Trinity and Neo are like kissing under a blue light and everything's really calm. They pull Neo out just in time for them to like hit the EMP mm-hmm. because if they hit the EMP while he's in there, he did. He's dead. So then there's a telephone ring with like like there's a telephone ring but we see like all the like computer code stuff from the beginning. And there's like Neo doing a voiceover and the screen is saying system failure. And Neo is describing a world where anything is possible. It's and a recruitment video. <laughs> it's literally yeah. like a recruitment video of like, hey, viewer, are you a, a, someone who doesn't like the world you live in? Well, come into the Matrix. Well, or, or come a, out of the Matrix. Uh, yeah, but it's also for the purpose of the narrative. I know. It's I know like, it's for the purpose uh, hey, of the narrative. Yeah. Hey, y'all out there listening, I was stuck in the Matrix yeah. too. Let's break out of this fucker. But it's like, it's like, oh yeah, I this makes even more sense why people like ran with this narrative and like turned yeah. it into a horrible political thing. I think in nineteen ninety nine people were really gullible, like they started fight clubs after fight club and I think it's kinda interesting to like um kind of going in between worlds kind of thing reminds me of like uh, Avatar not like the airbender but like the Navi oh, the, the, Avatar James, James Cameron. Cameron yeah yeah 
<laughs> and like how he spends so much time in the in the Navi world that he like you know doesn't it's reverse really matrix feel yeah it kind of <laughs> is like but um you know just a thought yeah uh, I remember um, after that movie uh, people got really depressed because they were like I don't want to live in not that world avatar yeah they were like are you serious yeah, people got clinically depressed over not being in the navi world so anyways neo's like you know basically like spitting out this recruitment speech and he hangs up the phone and he walks out of a phone booth and there's cool music playing and he looks around him looks up in the air and he puts his sunglasses on and he kind of like flies like up in the air and then out of frame. Yeah, it cuts to this like bird's eye view shot and then you see him flying and then boom, that's the end of the movie. <laughs> Raging at some machines like. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. song, I think it's called Wake Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, that be the Matrix. That's the Matrix. Um, One thing I was going to say, like uh, visually, it's so green. Like yeah. this movie's so green. When they're in the Matrix, there's this like heavy, heavy green tint to the whole thing. Yeah, and no, this version specifically is they lessened it, and it's like very blue. I feel like when yeah. they're in the like real world. Yeah, for sure, it was very intentional to like suck out all the blue of the Matrix and uh, give it this green tint. I we got to go back to the color grading thing you just brought up because okay. this is this is the version that fixes it. Fixes it. You can still see the slight tint, but the ver- there is a version that is even more heavy on the green tint. And this, the HBO Max the version, original cut. No, the original cut doesn't have it either. It's mm. the like Ultimate Matrix and like the first Blu-ray releases. Oh. They put this heavy, heavy green tint. On is it like a mistake? No, or is it like it's a just a decision choice? they did. Like it is not. Yeah, it's, don't fuck with I'm, the movie I'm after it's already the the version of the Matrix. Uh, on HBO Max is actually the remastered one which fixes the color grade so it doesn't have the overbearing green tint all over everything I mean, well they, they it's had still to get you to... yeah but it's not overbearing yeah, yeah yeah they had to get you to watch it after the re-release like oh it's different <laughs> yeah, yeah it's yeah. more green but that's why this is the version people like like this is the preferred version of the movie Interesting. I'd like to see the green reversion. It must be horrible. I never saw that one because I've only ever seen the original like shit, but... release and then this one. I yeah. feel like if this movie came out today, it would be like in 4DX and it would be like I wonder if... really wild. Like imagine watching The Matrix, like a movie about life as a simulation like in 4dx right your chair's moving around <laughs> you're smelling the smells the smell. that they're talking about <laughs> they, they plug a cable into your ear yeah and then when the when the sprinklers are going off it's like misting in the theater <laughs> yeah. it's like when it's pouring down rain when neo's waiting at the bridge to meet morpheus it's like raining in the theater <laughs> <laughs> maybe they'll do a 40x version of uh the new resurrection oh, oh yeah which is a good time to bring up the fact that we will be covering the new matrix movie at the end of the month yep we're gonna go mm-hmm. see it in the theater and bring our thoughts back to the podcast and uh we'll be talking about our first uh new release yeah and then we'll enter the new year yes yep and we're uh this is you know it's a it's a we're testing out the the 
the prospect of doing an episode on a brand new movie that's in theaters still. And we're also going to kind of continue the story that we start here. Uh, We're not going to do an episode on the second or third films, but we will recap them at the beginning of uh, our episode on Matrix Resurrection. Yep. So my review of the film, um, this is always going to be a beloved movie for me. Uh, because of the place that it holds in my cinematic history. Um, I watch it often. I think it's a huge accomplishment in terms of uh, style and influence that it's had on a lot of other films. Um, You know, there's some pretty cheesy shit in it, like the whole love story, kiss, resurrection. Like, eh. That I think that they they cue it up a little more than than you're talking about in my mind, but I would love to hear <laughs> you tell me what what scenes do that. Well, I just feel like they it's not a lot, but uh, just the little subtle things like the club scene they're getting a little yeah. close, and there's just like this slight tension between them, and like when they're going up the the ca- the elevator cable, they like get sexy. Yeah, close for a second. I, just, like, I, I don't believe that you would fall in love from any of the interactions that they right, had. Right, right. They don't really have much of an interpersonal relationship. Yeah, uh, it's a little tacked on. And, and I'm not. And like, I'm okay with that being the plot. Like, well, I just wish they would have had spent more time establishing their relationship. I think that even if that were the case, I would still find it a little like maudlin and like oh, for sure too too like Disney. Yeah. Uh, princess magic kiss yeah. kind of shit. For sure. Um, I think that's a product of it being a Warner Brothers movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's a Hollywood um, film. I feel like all that considered, I will continue to watch this movie all the time. Um, I'm very excited for the new one. But if I'm trying, I'm trying to be harsh. <sighs> I'm still going to give it nine VHS tapes because <laughs> I think it's Brad. I mean, I, I love this movie. It is a little cheesy. I agree with the love interest part is like a little synthetic, maybe a lot synthetic. And, you know, I think it's like, you know, this movie made me think about the world differently. Like, like in many times in my life. And I think, you know, I think, I think it has some really real themes. I think, you know, it, it visually is very fun and, you know, it's an, it's an important film, I think. And I'm going to give it eight out of 10 VHS tapes. Nice. Um, I had a really great time watching it um, after so many years. Um, I I had way way more fun than I thought I would. Um, I was a little regretting, like not regretting. Sorry, I was a little uh, wasn't super looking forward to watching it again because I just remember being really bored by it as a kid. Mm-hmm. So I thought I was gonna be bored again, but ended up just being really entertained. And um, aside from the unfortunate casting of 
like neo and it really it really reads as a is a like a, a white savior plot line to me uh in a lot of at a lot of points in the film even though i don't think that was the wachowski's intention um but it definitely reads that way to me uh and that and the the whole shoe in of the love plot kind of brings it down for me so i'm also going to give it a eight out of 10 vhs tapes but I agree with it, the cultural relevance, relevance, and the um, how iconic it is, and how much influence it had over movies to come afterwards. Um, yeah, cool, pretty good movie. Yeah, so um, this is this has been a long episode, so we're gonna keep this what's up real short and talk about uh, the kind of things we like to snack on when we're at the movies. Hmm. Personally, when I go to the movies, I like to stop at a gas station and <laughs> grab me some gummy worms or something like that, put it in my pocket, and then just rattle that bag when I get in the, in the theater. I'm definitely a smuggler as well. Yeah. I like to sneak in alcohol. And, yeah. you know, usually, like, lately it's been, like, wine coolers, like, um, or or just, like, cans of beer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can you can get beer at the theater, but it's like so, so expensive. Yeah. Damn, we gotta get some Taco Bell before we go to the dude. Theater. Have you ever snuck in Taco Bell? No, that sounds I've amazing. Yeah. God damn! The only time good. I ever did it was when I went and saw the Avengers, which I think was the last. No, I saw Ant Man in theaters, but I when I saw the Avengers in theaters, we all snuck in Taco Bell, and it was like a ten o'clock showing, mm-hmm. and we got baked out of our minds. Brought in Taco Bell, ate our Taco Bell. I fell asleep. Most of us, I think all of us fell asleep except for like one person within the first Taco Bell. within the first like thirty minutes of the movie. Yeah, I That's did that. Cute. Also, that movie is boring. <laughs> yeah, one time I was watching, I was going to watch Finding Dory in the theaters <laughs> with my friend, with my old coworkers, and we put like a whole bag of like Franzia from a box of Franzia <laughs> and like put it in this backpack I had that looked like. Like a a white tiger's head. It was just like that was the backpack, and it was like I we had. I think we ate Taco Bell or we ate some kind of fast food before we went. But I got so so drunk watching Finding Dory, and I, I did snooze off toward the end. I had to rewatch it whenever it came out on streaming services. After that, I was like, I don't even. I don't even know what happened. And I, I paid to see this. <laughs> um, it reminds me of this time that we, I cannot remember the movie we were seeing, but Zach and Travis and I went to the theater and he brought a flask and he was wearing like an army jacket a lot at the time. And uh, he had his like weird, you know, buzzed haircut thing. And he went out to use the bathroom and he came back and a cop was in the theater and stopped him and was like, Hey, are you, are you carrying? And Zach got really nervous because he's like had the the bourbon in a flask on yeah. him. He's like, uh, what, what are you talking about? He's like, are you carrying? He was like, uh. He thought he was like a, a veteran a shooter. or like an, oh. He thought he was a shooter. Oh. And he's like, what are you, you, he's like, carrying what? And the guy was like, a gun? And Zach was like, no. <laughs> and he just let him go. <laughs> Damn. Wow, was this around the the Dark Knight shooting? It was, yeah. It was not long after that. Okay. Oh, yeah. I see. Uh, I know we're talking a lot about bringing in outside food, which I'm a huge supporter of. Yes, but I just want to take a second 
to defend the stuff that you can only get in the theater. Popcorn. Like an icy. Mm-hmm. Like popcorn. That's my two go-tos. Like because a, I can't a, get those outside. Like a movie theater cheeseburger. <laughs> no, that sounds that. awful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the nachos. Yeah, yeah nachos. nachos I think nachos have been the, is the only like food food I've ever gotten at a theater. I worked at a theater uh, for a holiday season and um, there used to be so much leftover popcorn. Oh, I bet. And I would take home literal garbage bags full <laughs> of popcorn. And I remember just so much leftover popcorn. I would like take these huge trash gondolas down to the dumpster to get rid of oh, the popcorn. Man. And it just smelled like there's all this old soda and like sour, <laughs> just garbage smell mixed Ooh. with the popcorn. It just kind of turned me off from movie theater popcorn. Yeah. And popcorn in general. So like, but I'm kind of back on the popcorn. Everyone I've ever met who worked at a theater had trash bags full of popcorn yep. at their house. Like, <laughs> and the popcorn uh, now that I'm vegan is like one of the only things I can get there because they don't put butter on it. Like from you the have jump, to order the yeah, butter. you have to ask for the butter. Mm. So that and an icy is like the only thing I can really get at a theater anymore. Um, so I do have a special place in my heart for that. And then back in the day, I used to really, really, really like getting a big old hot bucket of popcorn and dumping a thing of bunch of crunch into it and then letting it it sit for a second and then when you're eating it in the movie you just get these little clusters of chocolate and popcorn Mm, that's cool that's really good all right next week we are going to uh watch and review do the right thing with our guest zach navis black good friend he's very excited to be on the show and we're very excited to have him. very excited hell yeah yeah, uh, do all the things. Go to um, Instagram and check out ampm.video. Check out Go Team Video. Um, go check out Gubbs Music. Uh, thanks, Mike Gubbins, for making the music for our podcast. Uh, and go check out Shot from the Pit. Big thanks to Jorge Sierra for uh, providing us with some f- photography. Um. And go check out our Patreon, Patreon slash uh, a Video. And that's our show. That's it. Thanks, y'all. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.